Hello and welcome to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Brandon and with me as always is Stephen, but we have something pretty special today. Uh, Stephen, you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, so today's special guest and first special guest on the Everything Must Go podcast is Miss Hannah Mushak. Hannah and I have been friends for about 10 years. We went to school together. She's a year younger than me. Uh, we uh, were kind of part of the same friend group for a little while, and life has kind of brought us back together because she just recently moved to Evanston, which is right outside of Chicago. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here and to, to have a friend in the area instead of being alone for the first time. So super excited to podcast with you today. Yeah, sweet. We're, we're glad to have you. Um, I'll go through a quick rundown of of what today's episode is going to be about. Um, if you tuned into last week, the Millennials and Paying Your Dues podcast, uh, we teased this episode. Uh, it's called Acting Like a Man. And uh, today we want to talk, you know, touch on a couple different topics uh, to start off kind of defining uh, our perspectives of what a man is um, and then kind of going off of that how our perspectives were cultivated, whether it was a societal thing. Um, we just kind of came up with it on our own. Um, and then we'll transition into relationships and men and women um, kind of interacting together. And then lastly, really to kind of hone it all in, we want to talk about where where we go from here um, in terms of being good men, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I'll start off with just asking you guys, and I want you to focus specifically on just your perspectives, what do you think a man is? So for my perspective, a man is sort of the the dominant personality type or the, the dominant figure. And obviously that's, that is based on my view of it. Um, it would be if you had a, a situation where a decision had to be made, the so-called man of the situation is probably the one that's more likely to make a situation. Um, it's it's not based upon when I say man, I don't I don't specifically mean like if you have the genitalia to make you a man. I'm just saying like the concept in my head of of the man is the the dominant figure, the one who makes those tough decisions, maybe the protector. Um, and may, maybe the 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 one who sort of supports things when they get tough. Yeah, I think I would agree with that too. Um, definitely, like you think of it as like the breadwinner, or like the head of the household, and so they're supposed to to take care of the woman. They're supposed to like make sure that they have everything that they need, and um, just kind of being like that support system for them, but also making sure that they're they're the first one in the line of attack. Like if anything goes wrong, like they're supposed to be the one that that takes the, the brunt of the force instead of having like the female do anything for it. And I think you could even like take a, take it a step back uh, further. I mean, from the very beginning of when humans were around, when we were just like hunters and gatherers and stuff, like there did have to be someone who would go out there and hunt. And there did have to be someone who would take care of the children. Like there, there was sort of a, by nature, um, a sort of roles that were played within family structures. And I think that's probably um, because men on average were larger than women and they had a different um, inherited skill set that the concept of being a man probably originated from exactly that. Okay. So Hannah, I wanted to ask you, so do you think, cause you were talking about how like the, the breadwinner of the household. So do you think it's specific to gender or do you, 
do you have a similar perspective to Stephen where it's like the man is just the person who does these things? I mean, I think like society kind of makes it feel like it has to be the man. And I know like now everything's changing and like, I know like I probably will be the breadwinner or be one of the ones that wants to support my family more. And like, I don't see myself being a stay at home mom. Um, but I definitely think it is kind of more of a gender thing is like you expect the man to, to go to work and the mom to stay home. Like you don't expect to have stay at home dads. Gotcha. Yeah. I have my perspective on it. Um, and I'll, I'll try to really focus on just my own experiences. Like I've always been or attempting to be a man, so to speak, has always felt like there is this kind of extra weight on your shoulders in terms of carrying a burden of I want to not only protect somebody physically because, you know, like physically I'm more capable of something like that, but just like like emotionally, I want to protect, you know, my significant other's feelings or, you know, I have three younger sisters, so I really want to look out for them. And, uh, it, I don't know if that's a, you know, a good perspective to have, because maybe that in itself is an imbalance or an inequality, but it, it's just the way that I've kind of grown up and, and feel, um, just kind of naturally about being a man or, or trying to be a man is, is kind of taking on the burden of things so that, um, you know, not even just women don't have to, but just any other people. And maybe that's me trying to be a leader more specifically than being a man, but maybe even those two definitions kind of coincide. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I think that the concept of being a man is sometimes intertwined with like bravery and being the the person who's going to go out there and not crack under pressure. So that's why the concept of, you know, emotions is obviously pushed aside because you're not supposed to make an emotional decision. You're supposed to do the strong decision. And that to me, at least from my perspective, I don't know, Hannah, from your perspective on this, do you, what what do you see as a making the man decision? And that with the like emotions and things like that too. It's like obviously you expect women to be more emotional, and it's if we like we can't act like a man. Like we're not supposed to be the brave one that goes out there. We're not supposed to to be the strong one in that. Like we're supposed to be the ones that are super emotional about everything. And that kind of um, I don't know how I want to say this. Um, yeah, like I definitely like agree with your points though that they do like it is like kind of a bravery thing too because like I know like I personally feel like I do some of like more manly things than normal women would do do you, do you think though that you're you might be like setting a ceiling for yourself like to to say that like you know the man should should take on the bravery or stuff like that. Do you ever feel yourself like holding back from pursuing something or holding back from, um, you know, taking things under your own control because maybe you think that th- that should be the responsibility of a man? Do you ever get that perspective? Uh, every once in a while, I do. Um, I know, like, I'm in a male dominated field as an engineer, and that's something that I've kind of made sure that I don't hinder myself with it because um, it. Yeah. it there's so many men that are in the field and there's like a lot of like the old school men too, that are kind of like the, Oh, like she has a job, let alone she's got like a male's job. So, um, yes, I do see that there, there is kind of that ceiling that I almost do need to push through to like further my career or further anything like that. So being, 
um, being able to kind of push that aside and be like, no, like you don't have to stay back because you're not a man is something that I've been like working on. Well, that's, that is super interesting, intriguing to me, um, kind of in a negative way, but it's just like the fact that you even have to have that consciousness about it, that you have to critically think like, Hey, I've got this ceiling that is kind of embedded based on like, just you said in your field as an engineer, it's a a male dominated field. So you have to think to yourself, Hey, don't just back down because this is a male dominated field. You know, that's something that as a man, I don't ever have to deal with. And so I can't, I can't even really wrap my head around like, what would it be like to, you know, put myself in a place of, I have to overcome this kind of internally, but also to progress myself in the environment in which I'm kind of existing, which it's crazy to me that it is at that point. But I mean, I guess there is some progress because it's a male dominated field, but now you see more incorporation with men and women in things like engineering or computer science and stuff like that. So headed in the right direction, I guess. Hannah, did you find, uh, like when you were thinking about a career path, did you ever have that concept in your head of being, uh, um, being a man, having a, a, a part of people's decision process. So let, let, let me give you an example. Like there's obviously certain fields that men so far have gravitated more towards. And there's always kind of this initiative that women should do this or women should do that. Did you ever feel like growing up there were, there were certain times where you would be against doing something just for the sake of, no, that's something that a man would do. I mean, I feel like when I decided to be an engineer, like I didn't know enough about the field. Like I knew I just loved math and science and that's what I wanted to do. And then kind of like going up or going through high school and things like that. It's like, oh, well, you're a female, like you should probably be a teacher or like you're a female, like maybe you should go into fashion instead of doing things like that. But um, like I always knew I wanted to, to do something that was always changing. So that's why I became an engineer. And I didn't let the fact that it was a male dominated field and that people told me that I probably couldn't do it. Like I never let that stop me, but like that is something that came up is they're like, Oh, well this is like a, like my classes were 70, 30 split. So there were way more men in class than women. So it was kind of hard to, to have to hang out with the guy sometimes to, to do some of the studying or things like that. That's I'm, I'm glad you brought this question up, uh, Stephen. And, and that's interesting that you kind of talk about that, Hannah. I, because I, I remember there was like a study or whatever. They're trying to incorporate just the phrasing of things in public schools for like elementary kids. Where instead of saying things like policeman or fireman, now they're trying to say specifically police officer and firefighter. So that there isn't this, oh, the context is this is a fireman or this is a police man. It's, it's, it's more gender neutral because you don't want young you know, young girls growing up thinking, oh, I can't be a police officer. I can't be a firefighter because that's that's a fireman. That's a, a policeman. And, and you don't think that that would be such a big thing. But I think subconsciously, I could totally see that kind of seeping in to, you know, young girls growing up. Like they, you know, there's specific gender roles in specific like fields. And you're told one thing your whole life. I, I can see where you might think, is it possible for me to break into that? But it's really cool to hear that you kind of got over that hump and, and went into a field that, you know, in your classes, even a 70, 30 split, which is pretty, um, pretty crazy unbalanced. So that's really cool. 
Well, Brandon, let me ask you actually the reverse question on this. Did you ever feel like you avoided certain things because of the concept of be a man or do something that a man would do? You and I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago, and I don't know if it was specifically the concept of being a man or not, but like in high school and stuff, growing up before that, well, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go to middle school. I remember getting made fun of because I was in the plays in middle school because I was also an athlete, and I remember my football teammates giving me crap for being in theater, and uh, I... I would be lying if I say it didn't like come up in my mind. Like maybe I should just stick to being an athlete because I don't want to be, you know, a sissy or something. But I always loved like the theatrical and the artistic stuff. And so as I got older, I started to develop this concept of just because I might want to write music more than go play basketball today doesn't make me, you know, less of a man. It's just I have different interests as a person. You know, and so I think that I definitely had that feeling in the back of my head, being a person who liked art and who liked the more vulnerable, emotional aspect of things. I mean, even the reason I loved football, playing football growing up was that sport in itself. There's so emotion when you're on the field in the moment. It's just like there's an intensity about it that I can even, I loved baseball, but I never felt that in baseball even. It was just like there was this passionate portion about it, and I think I gravitated towards football a lot in that sense. I mean, what about you? Did you, did you have a similar viewpoint growing up? Because you also talked about being an athlete kind of growing up, but then kind of being more artistic, really. Yeah, I mean, this is a good question for me because my path growing up was like my, my family dynamic is very much – the sort of gender role stereotype where my mom was very much, um, she wasn't always a stay-at-home mom. She usually had some type of job, but maybe like part-time as a nurse. And then my dad was always the breadwinner and it was pretty much like dad would work all day, supported most of the family financially. I was always pushed to play sports. I was raised pretty typical of what you would imagine that, that stereotype of what it's like to be a man. So this, this topic for me is is very relevant because there was a lot of times growing up where, of course, I, lo- I love sports and I'm super thankful that I was raised with a background of playing sports because I learned a lot of good good qualities from like com- camaraderie and my competitiveness really came out. Right, right. But I did definitely shy away from certain things. Like I would never have, um, I, I would have never done a play or something when I was younger, I totally would now, but like when I was younger, when I was easily affected by people around me telling me kind of what to do, like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I didn't really make my own decisions until I was probably about 15 or 16 years old that I really feel like I was consciously thinking, okay, I should do this with my life or I should do this or that. So before that, I kind of just, I gravitated towards things that kind of seemed stereotypical of what a man or quote, quote unquote, man would do. So I, I feel like I, when I got emotional about something, I feel like I would sort of have to channel it into something, whether it was, I would have to kind of hide, but the the emotional part of me was something that I didn't feel too comfortable with. And I, I'll admit, like, I am an emotional guy. Like, I have very strong emotions in general. So it was... It wasn't all bad, but there there definitely was a large effect on me 
to be a man growing up when I think about it. Yeah. And I, I think like back in, back in middle school and high school and that, like we did try to like follow the norm. It's like, I know, like I was always trying to be like to fit in with the group that I was in. And we had like our cliques in middle school that that was like the lunch table you sat in. So it's like you did what they did. And I honestly think that I didn't, Sure, I was always kind of myself, but like I wasn't accepted as being myself until I kind of got to college where everyone was like, oh, I can reinvent myself and I can be who I am and not have to to fit these certain molds to to make sure that I still have friends and still have people to eat with at lunch. That's super interesting to me that you've always kind of felt like you at least kept your integrity of how you want it to be. But it took a while for people to accept because I feel like it took me a while to accept myself and to just not care so much about the world around me and it just kind of like break free. And I do think that right around the time that I met you, Hannah, was sort of the time that I kind of started to go in that, that direction of, okay, I can, I can really be like anybody that I want to be. I don't have to be affected by any sort of societal norms unless I choose to be affected by it. Yeah. And I honestly, I'm glad that you said that last thing, unless you choose to be affected by it, because I've had a lot of, uh, you know, things in my personal life, even lately that have, you know, made me feel like, you know, less than I could be. And so my, my perspective has been, if I'm going to be a man about this, I need to not let those define me, but to kind of overcome them or create my own path, no matter what the outside noise is, no matter like if I'm emotional, doesn't make me, you know, less strong. It's, that's just a natural part of being a human. You're going to have emotions and whatnot, but it's just so crazy to me that (laughs) we have to kind of even battle that, that, uh, perspective, that, that external noise, because just as people in general, you think we'd be more understanding, even within our own self-awareness of, Hey, it's okay to have these feelings. If you are the male gender or, you know, the female gender, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you're wrong. Cause I mean the whole, like the, the whole stereotypical, like if you're a man, you shouldn't cry type thing. It's like, why, why, why is that even part of the, the narrative for that anymore? You know, if you'd think that as, as a society, we would have evolved out of that now. And, and I think maybe we are headed in that direction, but I still, I mean, I still see it in my everyday life. There's there's kind of certain standards for what it means to be a man or what it be, means to be a woman, and um, they're different. And I think that that hurts chances for there to be a, a total like level playing field um, for both sides. Because you know, when you have kind of a, a tunnel vision viewpoint of something, it's it's hard to break out of that. But um, yeah. That's, that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> so I, I kind of have a, a question for, for both of you guys. How much of this do you think is society's effect on our perception? And do you think any of it has any legitimacy of the, the role of a man? Do you think there's any legitimacy to it? Or do you think that like this entire thing is constructed by a societal perception? I think a lot has changed because like if you go back to like the 1950s where you did have the housewives and like women didn't work in the workforce or anything like that, like that, it was very society driven. Like if you saw any female out without her husband or if you saw a female like at, at a workplace, like it was just, it was so unnatural that 
like everyone just kind of like reacted in, in a terrible way. And I think society has definitely adapted to the fact that we can all be our own people and we can do the things that we want to do. Like I can act like a man and it's not weird. And like, you can, you can be more emotional or you can act like a woman if you want. And it's not, it's not an issue. But do you think even, cause that's, that's one of the things that, you know, saying I'm acting like a man and being stronger, or I'm acting like a woman and being more emotional. Do you think that that, that perspective even like defining it that way do you think that that's an accurate portrayal of it because i would say that that's like being emotional shouldn't be defined by being you know a woman or being feminine it's just being a person you know what i mean right and i think i think things are changing in that but it's like we because of of how history has been and how it's always been like the man has to do this and the woman has to do that that we still think of those being our roles. So we haven't completely right. broke down those walls yet to be like, okay, well I'm going to be me and it doesn't matter that it's, it's a man or a female or like a woman type of thing. Like I'm going to yeah. be me. And I think we're still definitely working towards that. And we've made a ton of progress over the last couple of years, but just with that, how history has been for so long that it's going to take a while to kind of get through that. I think that's an incredible point to make because I think a lot of times we can get caught up in the uh, the headlines of things and feel like, you know, the world's in such a, a rough place, you know, with with all that. St- but if you look back in the 1950s, like you said, I mean, I watch a show Mad Men, which I know is a depiction of the 50s and the 60s. But you watch that show and some of the things that happened in the workplace, you know, two women and it was OK. It was just like, holy crap, there's no way. And the way that we've progressed since then has been astronomical. And I think that, you know, we don't stop there, but I think there has to be a certain patience within society of, you know, we're not going to get there overnight. Um, I mean, you even talked about, we even talked about just growing up as kids, growing up as kids, they're still trying to work in ways to make it feel less gender specific, to make it feel like you need to find who you are as a person, not necessarily specifically who you are if you're a woman, you need to be in fashion or you need to be a teacher. It's just like find who you are as a person. And that's going to take a long time to kind of rework um, because even the people that are now our teachers and our leaders, they grew up in a time that was worse off than we are now. Um, but yes, I mean, the the I guess the perspectives that have molded in my mind, I would say are definitely um, – I think not just not just cultivated by how I, the society in which I grew up in, um, which I do think is a big part. Because if you go to other cultures, like over in Asia, like the, the the man and women, their roles are way different. Like you can, I I can't remember talk. I talked to a couple of friends who were from like South Korea and stuff, and and they just talked about like the men over there are a lot less quote unquote masculine. Like that's not the the norm as much as it is over here. So you do find that within cultures and society and whatnot. But I think also just, um, you know, growing up in the household that I did, you know, my, my father told me that, um, when him and my mother had me, he told my mom that he was going to do everything he could to make it so that I saw my mom on a pedestal and that she was incredible and never did anything wrong but that if anything bad happened or whatever, he was going to take the brunt of it. And he felt that responsibility as a man. 
Um, and so that might have kind of shifted over to me when I was talking about feeling this burden of I'll take on the heat. I'll take on, you know, the difficult stuff so that you don't have to. Um, I mean, what about you, Stephen? What, was that similar to how you grew up? Yeah, and this made me think about something else, which is, you know, we have advanced a lot on our, a lot of our thought process on the idea of being a man and such. But there are still things that you can't deny still happen. For example, on like in general, I'm going to hold the door open if there's a woman. And I'm going to let her walk in first. And I feel like that kind of stuff happens a lot. And that was something that I was always told to do when I was raised. And I'm just kind of curious to know, Hannah, your perspective on the sort of the carryover of of old school thinking of, oh, the guy has to hold open the door or the guy has to do this or that. Um, what is, what's your idea of it? Like good or bad? I mean, I love when men hold the door open for me and like chivalry and things like that. Like I definitely don't want like all of that to go away, but like I shouldn't expect a man to open the door for me. Like I'm perfectly capable of opening a door by myself. So like I, I should be able to do some of those things too, but it is nice every once in a while like to have that happen or like to have like if I'm seeing someone, him walk on the outside of the, the sidewalk. So like if anything happens, like I'm protected. Um, like I do like some of those things, but it's not like I'm not expecting it. I'm not like requiring it to like for anybody to date me. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's super cool to hear mm-hmm. the, just the self-awareness you have because I, I have a lot of um, female friends who I feel like they get offended by stuff like that and it's like look this is the way I grew up like I grew up you hold the door open for a woman you let her go first I'm not trying to say that you're less capable than I am of holding open a door that's just like that's embedded in me and I you know and so for you to have the the awareness of like I don't expect it but it is nice I think that that's probably a more healthy way to approach it um because I feel like within that perspective, there's an understanding of like, this is kind of how men were taught to be, to be respectful to women in little ways like that. And, you know, I guess it could be considered as a slippery slope where it's like, oh, you know, if a man, a man just thinks that a woman can't do any of this stuff. But I know from my personal point of view, that's not the reason I would hold the door open or that's not the reason I would pay for dinner. It's just like, I grew up thinking that that was my responsibility. You know, it's not anything like to dock a woman, but I think a lot of times it ends up kind of getting, uh, put into that box of like, well, you're being sexist here. And I wonder if we're a little too overly sensitive with that. I think we are too. And I know there's definitely some women that kind of take it to the extreme too. It's like, if you do hope it like old, hold the door open for them, they're now like offended that you did that because you're like you're making or you're putting that in them into that box of being a woman where they can't do their own things and I think there are some women that do take it to the extreme of rejecting the this the common courtesy of certain things yeah definitely things like that happen I have this was totally not me attempting to be sexist in any way I remember I called someone at one of my old jobs and I was just like I I, um, a woman answered the phone and I asked if she, if I could speak with like whoever the, the guy's like John or something. And she's like, she's like, 
is this because I'm a woman, you won't talk to me, you have to talk to my husband about this? And she like, <laughs> she like was pissed and then hung up at me. And the thing was, is like, the only reason why I had asked to speak to her husband was because I had, I had spoken to him before. There was in no means like me just needing to talk to like the, the man of the household or anything. But like right. she was very, very <laughs> upset and angry to the point where she hung up on me. And that, that moment sticks yeah. in my head a lot because it makes me realize that there is a awareness sometimes that not everybody is not sexist. Like there are people out there who definitely are sexist and people have their guards up. Right. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that comes into the kind of psychological mindset of generalizing. Like because you've had experiences or you see things going on in the world you just generalize that, you know, in this situation, she was like, you know, this guy, this random guy is calling and everybody thinks that, um, the men are the people that are going to handle everything. So he's calling, asking for my husband. He automatically doesn't think that I'm capable of handling this conversation, which was in no way your intention with, with that thing. You were just that's the information you had at your disposal and whatever. That's where I think it's very important for us as people to critically think, to not take things on a broad scale, but to really hone in our interactions specifically to people. There definitely are people who are sexist. There definitely are people who think that women aren't capable of doing the things that men can do in all facets of life. But there also are people who maybe were just raised to hold the door open for a woman or maybe just gave a call to you and asked for your husband because he had on a piece of paper the name of your husband and not your name. That, you know, that's just the, the simple fact of it. Exactly. That that story was just – I just remember feeling like so uncomfortable that day and that, that was a big eye-opening moment of, oh, man, like you got to be careful sometimes because some people are just very, very defensive. And I, I get it. I get it. I don't, I don't fully fault her at all for having that thought process. Did you give her a call back afterwards? Um, I probably did. I don't remember what happened after that, but there was nothing of – to noteworthiness, but I, I did ultimately have to talk to her husband because he was actually the right contact for it. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, <laughs> all right. So that was just awkward, but it's over yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I, I think uh, a thing I want to, um, I don't know if you guys want to touch on anything else about the societal stuff. I was going to kind of move on to the relationships aspect. Is there anything else you guys want to say? No, because I, I actually really want to talk about the relationship thing. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of thoughts on this one. <laughs> so the uh, thing that I wanted to kind of get into is now that you know society has kind of progressed in this way, I feel like there are there is a huge gray area specifically when it comes to being romantic or intimate with a person of the opposite sex. Like as a man, sometimes I feel like I'm in quote unquote, no man's land where I don't know, should I be the aggressor or should I let them come to me because I don't want to be inappropriate. And I'm curious to know what your guys's perspective is of that that gray area and, and how we um, handle that interaction. 
You want to go first? No. You, yeah, <laughs> All right. <me> <laughs> so, um, I mean, like, I, I still am, like, the hopeless romantic and, like, do, like, some of the old school things where it's like, yeah, I do want a guy to approach me to say hi. And, like, I do want him to, like, initiate the conversation in that. But, like, with this gray area, too, it's like there there is an aspect of being too aggressive. Like, if I do seem disinterested or if I'm like, no, like, no, thank you. Or like I'm with my friends or do something like that. Like you should know to, to back off. And I think some guys don't necessarily do that. And that's kind of where it gets into like being over aggressive or when it turns into like more of a sexual harassment thing. And, and some women do take it that far. Um, where like, if they're like, Oh, like they touch your shoulder. You're like, Oh, nope, he touched me in a wrong place. Like I'm over it. And, and now like, I'm going to ruin your life for it. But, yeah. um, like, and, I like, I do still like hope that someone would ask me out on a date and it's not saying that I'm afraid to go up and ask someone on a date. And, and honestly, I have probably initiated some like hangouts or things like that to be like, Oh, like, we should go grab a movie or go grab ice cream or something like that. And, um, like I'm, I'm not opposed to doing that, but I still would prefer to be asked out. <laughs> this <about> you, Steven? <laughs> <laughs> So this is a very, very frustrating thing for me because I feel like it like I have I guess the power by the societal norm of I'm expected to be the one to make the initiation of things however sometimes that's just frustrating in itself because I can go into a situation and be like hey like how's it going and there's sort of like a, a game that can be played where the girl can immediately have all the power over me because she can just be like I don't know, not, not receptive at all. So, or she could say like, Oh, what a creep, what a, what a creep for initiating this conversation. And sometimes in these situations I've heard like, Oh, they're, they're, they're come, they came across as such a creep and blah, 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 blah. And then I'll hear like a girl that will actually go out on another date with that guy. And I'm like, but I thought he was a creep. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I, sometimes I feel like I get confused over, what, where do you draw the line between a creep and like the girl actually wanted it? So it's it, there's not a very clear direction as to what the best way to approach the situation is. I just know that a lot of girls just expect that the guy is going to initiate some type of interest. And it gets pretty hard because we don't always know. Because a lot of times girls play hard to get, which is another topic altogether. Like just the the unnecessary difficulty of also not knowing if how they're going to respond to things. So I think there's a lot of miscommunication that happens around this topic. And there are like going off of that too. Like I know I've kind of been like, oh, this guy's a creep, and then you give him a second chance, you're like, oh no, he's not. And it sometimes does depend on your mood that day. And you're just like, you know what? I want to talk to no people at all. And this guy's coming up to me like I'm over it. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to have any communication with another human that I don't know. And then there's sometimes you're like, oh, like you are really nice. Or like, I, I am looking to like make new friends or things like that. Cause I know I have definitely done that too, where I've, I've been like, nope, not about it. And then the next time you see him or whatever, you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm like feel more receptive to talk to someone. And that that's kind of hard too. Cause like as, as men, like you guys are like, well, do I try again? Like, is that going to make me twice as a creep? Or is that going to make me like almost like a stalker at that point? Cause I'm still going after her, but it, yeah, that's not like the best answer you want to hear, but that's sometimes what happens. Yeah. I, I think there has to be a little bit of leniency or, cause 
<laughs> that's funny that you said it. It might depend on your mood that day. That's just being a person. Like sometimes what it, it doesn't even have to be like a, between a female, just like sometimes at work, I'm just not in the mood to talk to anybody. So like if even a dude comes up to me and just wants to chat or something, I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm just not in the mood. So I might just be kind of standoffish. And I think having an awareness of that possibility is important. I think in general, rom-coms have definitely done disservice to like relationships because I think where you run into issues, this gray area gets uh, bad is when things are left up for interpretation. But everybody loves the chase. Everybody loves like being chased or going or chasing the person and the pursuit and just like the romance that builds up in that and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And it's like, Okay, but now let's say that the situation is I'm the person in pursuit. You leave it up for interpretation. So I'm like, okay, are they actually interested? Do I keep pursuing or is me keeping pursuing going to put me in an awkward situation when I found out they never wanted this in the first place? But so many people like that chase that you don't know, like, uh, you know, is this one of those situations where they just like playing hard to get? And, uh, that's, I've talked about a couple times on episodes where I just wish people were more upfront and just honest uh, about their intentions. And maybe that'll take away a little bit of the, uh, the romance in it all. But I just feel like we would cut out so much of the bullshit, the creepiness, the, um, like, Hey, I actually wasn't interested in you. If we just were like, Hey, I'm interested. Hey, I'm not. Okay. Goodbye. Or just like, you know, starting it there. I, I remember one specific story and I got kind of pissed in this situation where um, you got I was pissed? talking what? to a girl. <laughs> you never <laughs> yeah. get pissed. I mean, I'm, I never get pissed, but this time it was too far. But I remember uh, I, I had, I've actually had two situations like this um, where, because to me, uh, and we could talk about sex in general, but to me, sex was a very personal, very intimate thing. So I wanted to be respectful to, uh, in two situations, this one woman who, uh, she was coming to see one of my, uh, gigs, but she lived like two hours away. So she needed a place to stay that night. And we had kind of had some history in the past. So she was going to stay with me and I was like, okay, I could either not mention sex at all. And then just see what happens. But that might put her in an uncomfortable position where we're both, you know, having a sleepover and she just kind of feels pressured into it. So I mentioned it and she, I was like, have you thought about this? And she's like, I have, I don't know how I feel about it yet. That allowed her to decide, you know, do I want to do this or not? And then she ended up staying with a different friend. Like that allowed us to both you know, make that decision clearly. And then I had another situation where it was a similar thing. I brought it up to this person and they like made fun of me. They were like, well, you've thought about this way more than I have. And I was like, what would you, <laughs> would you rather have me not think about it? And then just like use you for sex. <laughs> like, I'm trying to look out for both of us and just like put it out there so that we can both make a decision. And it, I just felt like this is bullshit. Why are you making fun of me for this? I'm trying to be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So Hannah, I want to ask you a question when it comes to, 
your perspective on a man being a man or a man not being a man, like, h- how do you feel about them emotionally, like, putting themselves out there in conversation with them? Is that something that should be, that they should wait for? Is, does it turn you off because they're not being the stereotype? Where, where do you sit on the spectrum of what a guy should tell? I- I feel like there's like, and I mean, if the conversation's flowing and that, like, I don't want you to like hide all these things from me. And then like, I find out like six months down the road after we're dating that like, you have all of these, like this baggage and that, that I didn't know about. So it's like, sometimes it is nice to like, put it all up front. Like, don't, don't mean, don't tell me that on your first date. Like, don't tell me that like, you like are so attached to your mom that like you can't ever do anything else with another woman or something like that. But like, <laughs> is that a thing? I mean, some people some are people pretty attached like to their parents. <laughs> like there's certain things that like you need to bring up early on in the relationship. And it's like, I, I mean, if you're just this whole like, Oh uh, yeah, like sports and things like I'm not going to be super interested in you. Like I want to be able to have like an intellectual conversation with you and like, yeah, we will talk sports like from time to time. But like, don't be so much of a, okay, like, I can't, I can't, like, princess movies or whatever. Like, I can't, like, the girly things, and, like, you can't tell me that. And it's like, you know, like, I'm going to want to watch cartoons on Saturday morning. I hope you do, too. But what if he cries that you make him watch cartoons? So I he hope gets nobody really would ever cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I think there there is kind of, like, a fine line of, like, emotion, too. Like, I don't want someone that's so emotional that it's, like, anytime they see a cat, they're going to cry. Like, I don't want someone that's so <laughs> far on that spectrum. whiskers. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want someone so far on that spectrum, too, but I don't want you to be afraid to cry. Like, I don't want you to be afraid to show any emotion in front of me because, honestly, I'm going to be like, well, are, are you a human or are you a robot? Right. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy when I <laughs> I, like, hear about relationships where I feel like, the guy has no, like, no, nothing emotional in the relationship. Like, he doesn't, he's never, never cried in the relationship. He's never really, like, let go of a certain side of himself. Because I'm just like, how? How do you, like, do they just not feel? No, I don't think so. I think it's just, I, I mean, I do think there's an emotional spectrum of how people react to things. But I also just think that a lot of times guys in general, like, we're afraid to be emotional around girls because we think it's looked at as, unattractive and not what they're looking for. So I think that sometimes there's a reservation to share certain components of ourselves. And I think like going like against that kind of like, I want to see that you care. Like, um, like in a previous relationship I was in, like I ended up going to school farther away. And the fact that like he was upset about it, like showed me that he cared. And so like, he could have just been like, okay, bye. And just was like, all right, see you never. But like the fact that he did get emotional about it, like, it was nice to see that he did care. And there are certain like issues that come up that it's like, yeah, I, I do want to see you get emotional. Like I, if like, if your grandma dies, like I don't want you to like, to be like, well, like it's okay. Like it's not okay that your grandma died. Like I would like to see you have emotions and like, and to, to be human and not to be again, a robot or like, just like you're, you like don't have to be so stone cold as a man. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I feel like that's part of the partnership is being able to, like, one side of the the partnership has these negative emotions, but it's an interesting perspective for you to have to say, this is a negative emotion that he's upset that I'm leaving, but it actually is positive as well. Because the fact that he's upset I'm leaving does mean that he cares. Means that he, 
he cares enough to want me to be close and wants me to be within, you know, good proximity. It's, it shouldn't be like, God, this guy's, you know, such an asshole for, he's too, I hate the freaking he's too clingy crap of just yeah. like, yeah, I, I told you that I cared about you and I wish we could spend more time together. So that means I'm fucking clingy. No, that's not, I just, I thought we were in a relationship and you wanted to know that I cared about you in this relationship. My bad. I'll back off. I'll act like I don't give a shit about anything. But uh, but yeah, I, I really appreciate that perspective because even I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Inside Out. Have you guys seen that movie, the Pixar movie? Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> the 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 emotions, the character sadness. Like I I loved this movie because joy was the entire time trying to keep sadness away every time that sadness would touch something she's like no we don't want her sad but sadness let uh the once sadness was able to touch things it let the parents know for the little girl that she needed help she needed help from her support system and that's the same part about you know the partnership as a man if i'm it's not even yeah i'll I'll stick with that since we're talking about like act like a man if as a man i think that my responsibility is to never show emotion that I'm just going to have all this stuff building inside to the point maybe where I even become numb. And meanwhile, my partner might be a very supportive person to handle that stuff, but she doesn't know that I need that support because I'm hiding it away because of this misconstrued concept of what being a man is. And I'll tell you, honestly, I have times where like, as a man, as a man who I would consider myself a more passionate, emotional person, uh, just being in general, I sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll see men who are less emotional and stuff like that. And I'll be like, man, am I, am I just a big wimp? Like compared to these guys, like do these guys have something over me? And I've, I've even had times where like my emotions have gotten the best of me and I'm like, man, I should just join the military so they can wipe my emotions away and I just become a numb person. Um, just because I'm just like this, I'm not, I'm not being a man, but I don't think that that, I don't think that blanket statement of, Oh, if you have emotions and you express them means you're not a man. I think, um, I think in general, like the decisions that you make based off of those emotions can have, more of a defining factor than just having the emotions themselves. If that makes sense. I don't know if that made any sense to you guys. <laughs> no, you lost me on everything you just said. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, mean, like, I think, I think it is like good to show the emotion too. Cause like, like you said, like we want to support you. We want to help you through like a difficult time. But like, if we don't know, like we could be making it worse. And then like, you're kind of like on this journey alone, just into sadness. And it's like, no, like we want to, we want to help you become yourself again. Like we want to help you out of that. Right. 100%. Like, I, I will say a 100 times over again, the most important thing for me in a relationship is communication. So if you are unable to communicate your feelings towards me or unable to recognize my feelings towards you, there's going to be a lot of problems. Like, that is a huge, a, a huge determinant for our success is knowing that there are problems and actually doing something to make it happen. And if that means that you see me like upset, you see me cry or shed tears about something, you shouldn't take that as a, at least to me, a sign of weakness and more of a sign of just generally I care about things. And I I always hope that when I do get emotional in a relationship that the the girl is able to see that that perspective on me. They're like, no, this this is just me caring a lot. And I 
I mean, I don't like to see the person I'm dating cry, but when it does happen, like, I know that they care. And sometimes I'm able to, like, as a person who, who's felt sadness before, like, able to be there for them. And I think, like, that's beautiful when you can take your own experiences and understand someone else's. Yeah. Definitely. And but if that that's a key point too, because if you hide away your own experiences or you hide away your emotion, they don't know how to relate to you or they don't know that you need that that support. And it goes both ways, not just a man, but also like, you know, I've been in relationships where I would even maybe say that I was the more like emotionally expressive one. And uh the where a huge disconnect came in when was when it almost seemed like my significant other was numb. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell that there was something kind of lingering all along because this person was keeping it all from me. And that's where, you know, I keep emphasizing this importance of being upfront and honest, especially when it comes to like a partnership, because like that's your guys's that's kind of the agreement that you come upon when you decide to like embark on like being each other's significant other is like, Hey, we're, we're a team. We're going to help each other through this crap. But if you don't, if you're not honest with me, no matter how like tough the honesty might be, I don't know how to react to it. I can't handle things organically and things are just going to happen to us. And then that might end up, you know, you know, causing the dissolution of a relationship. And that's, that's tragic because really you're avoiding the potential of what that relationship could be if you just had been like fully, um, organic with it, so to speak. Um, I, one thing I do kind of want to shift and ask you guys about not necessarily within relationships specifically, but just in maybe like the dating world, um, there's a big like double standard, with men and women of if a man sleeps with a bunch of women, he's a stud like this guy, you know, he slays, he, he just gets laid all the time. This guy's really cool. But then a woman does the same thing on the opposite spectrum, sleeps with a bunch of men. She's a slut. That double standard, obviously, I mean, we can just draw the line. That's stupid that that even exists. But I wonder if, like within that, do you think we as a society devalue sex at all in general? I think, I think we do a little bit. And like, if you look back at like when our parents started dating, like they would only, like they wouldn't go sleep around or that. And now it's like, we have, we have Tinder, which is basically like a sex partner at your fingertips sometimes. So it's like, it we've made it like right. really easy. And like now we're in this hookup culture where like, we don't necessarily care about getting in the relationship because you're like, you know what? Like I can get my needs from this random guy or like maybe we'll like hook up for a couple months and like, I don't have to meet his parents and go to dinner with him. Like I don't have to, to be in this relationship with him. I can just be like 2 a.m. in the morning, like, Hey, you up and like, and call it a day where like back in the day, it used to be, you were in the, in it more for the relationship than for like the, the physical aspect of it. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just a shift in general. Uh, with society now there is a new relationship that people can have towards each other which is one that lacks emotional investment it's literally just for like a, a pleasurable relationship it's it's just a new type of relationship that people have with one another and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing I think you just have to look at it as in those situations there's the potential for them to get 
emotionally involved. So it, it definitely could go bad. And I think that a lot of times that happens because it's not like growing up, we were educated on how to handle sleeping around. Like that's not a topic that would have been addressed in school. And there's a lot of emotions that go into sex in general. So people are oftentimes not prepared for it. And when you to kind of backpack off of that, when you mentioned the stud versus, I don't know, any derogatory, derogatory term for a woman in the situation, like it's, it's a shame that, that that's a thing. That's once again, a societal norm that was developed over time based on what we decided, like what society decided, like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is bad. Like there's a, I mean, there's a lot of times where women were just not allowed to do certain things. So of course there's some hangover with that for how things used to be. I, I, I think that's the, the main thing here is that there is, we have to accept the fact there is some hangover of old world thinking. And I think there is kind of like a little bit of the mindset too. It's like, if you do go out to a bar and you meet someone and you like hit it off with them and like as a woman, you're like, you know what? No, like I don't want to go home with you tonight. Like I just met you tonight. I think sometimes the guys are in the mentality of the, Oh, she's super lame then. Or she's, she's not a cool girl. Cause she's not going to go home with me. And it's like, no, like she respects herself. Like let her make the decision that she doesn't want to just sleep with anybody. Right. I, I would say in, in that scenario, um, for the woman, that's not a guy that you should be with. <laughs> because right. <laughs> if he's gonna, uh, you know, I mean, that's a lack of respect on the male's part. It, you know, you making your own decision. Oh, you, what, what are you talking about? I'm a stud. You should just sleep with me. What What the hell? You know, that that's, I think, a lot of the mindset, the laziness that comes with a lot of people in our generation because we're so free with our bodies. It, it's like all, we've almost, there almost has been a desensitization to it to where it's like we expect that we're going to just be able to sleep around with anybody. And then the people that don't participate in that are lame or prudes. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, no, not necessarily. It Maybe they just want something more than just a one-night stand. Um, and I I think that's where... like, wh- I, I think that we should encourage any sorts of decisions to be made freely. Obviously, you know, not breaking laws, but I'm just saying like you know, with, with your bodies, you know, whether it's a man or a woman being able to, if they want, if sleeping around is what they want to do, you know, that's, that's their, you know, prerogative, but there is that other side, like you said, Stephen, where unless you are 100% on the same page with the person that you are participating in, like sex, there's a chance that one of you is going to like fall for the other. And then, it's just, it can get super messy where it's like, because it's automatically an intimate act, you know, it, it takes a lot for both parties to be able to kind of cut out that intimacy and just make it a casual act. And so it's, I just feel like it's um, something we should, as a society, be more cautious with. Like it's, you know, if you want to, if you want to just get off to a hot chick, just go home and watch porn. <laughs> like, <laughs> You don't have to go to a bar, pick up a chick, and then, like, just use her for that. Or the other way around, if you're a girl who feels like you have, you know, the power over a guy because he's attracted to you, you know, 
go develop an interest in porn and, you know, masturbate to hot guys. You don't need to use a guy and, um, you know, the same thing can happen on either side. So that that's just how I feel because I, I do 100% feel like society as a whole, at least within America, devalues sex and what, what sex brings. Um, there is an emotional aspect to it even if you're not trying to, I feel, a lot of times. Oh, there definitely is. So we do, we just promoted porn on our show. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Can we get a sponsorship? Yeah, from I was literally going to say just all porn. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, this uh, might have taken a really bad turn. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of um, like bringing it back around to like relationships too. It's like there is that that concept of wearing the pants in the relationship, and it's like I think that came from like back in the day that females just wore skirts or dresses so like we never wore the pants and it almost seems like now it's like if a guy tries to do anything nice for his significant other he's now like he's now whipped yeah, and like whipped, she wears man. the pants oh gosh the concept of whipped is so incredibly frustrating it's like if i show that i care about the person that i'm with i'm whipped oh wait you got them flowers or oh you you, you did this you paid for them you're not hanging out with us and hanging out with your girlfriends like literally just painful sometimes to have those types of conversations and you you can't you just can't care about that you just have to give the person that you care about what they deserve and your friends can go kick rocks honestly in those situations (laughs) yeah i i i'm glad you brought this up too hannah because the wearing the pants situation i just feel like that comes down to personality types in itself it's not a man versus woman thing it's definitely I know men who just aren't dominant personalities and they might end up with a woman who is a dominant personality. And so, you know, she might be more in control of their schedule together or something. Does that mean he's whipped? No, that his personality type isn't to take charge in that stuff, but hers is. So they balance each other out in that facet. And it's like, we're not, we're not accepting or understanding of that concept because we have these specific viewpoints of, Oh, it's a man. They are supposed to wear the pants. They're supposed to set the schedule. They're supposed to bring home uh, the the money and all this stuff. And it's like, well, sorry, there there are women who are more successful than I am out there. So if, if I date one of them, they're going to be bringing home the money and they'll be my sugar mama. So that's just how it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. And I think like a lot of the relationships I have been in, like I've definitely been the dominant personality and I'm, I'm more decisive with a lot of things. And so I kind of like, Oh, you know what? I want to do this. And not that I'm disrespectful for the fact that you're like, no, not feeling that tonight. You're like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, you have to, but I do think that I, I typically wear the pants more in my relationship and it's, I feel bad for (laughs) kind of like the backlash that they get for, for caring or for letting me be more decisive or more, I don't want to say demanding, but kind of like more in control. Well, the, the demanding or controlling stuff comes from the outside sources who like, like friends who would be like, oh, wow, she's controlling because of this. And it's like, well, you don't even really know her. Like she just yeah. is a dominant personality type. So I, I think people just need to be more understanding of, of the dynamic of relationships or just back the fuck off. Because sometimes people True. like act like they're in the relationship. They know... Uh, you know, how things work. And it's just like, you're not the one that's actually in the relationship. You don't know what their life is like at home. You don't know, you know, who, you know, maybe he's just better at bringing a different thing to the table and she brings 
the concept of wearing the pants that, you know, and that's completely fine. It doesn't have to be specific to, uh, you know, the man. It's just personality types is, is how I feel. I agree. So. Definitely. And it's not the concept of wearing pants or of the person wearing the pants is not actually connected to male or female or anything like that. It's just, there are, there are recognizable different traits that people have. Like there are people who do have more of a outgoing personality type. There are people who react to things differently. Like we're all, we're all unique people. There might be some societal perceptions of these types of people tend to react this way or that way. But honestly, it's a case by case basis. Absolutely. And that's a huge point, a case by case basis. That's a very, like for people that don't want, like that sounds too difficult for because it's, oh, I gotta, I have to try to learn who this person is each time. Why can't I just generalize them? Everything is a case by case basis because as much as we may have similar qualities, everybody is so unique and different. And I just feel like we need to be more accepting of, of that concept of, why don't you take the time to get to know this specific person and not not put them in a box of, oh, they're a man, so they're going to have to have these qualities to be a man. Or the vice versa, they're a woman, so they're going to have to be into Disney princesses, otherwise I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a deal breaker for me. If you're not into Disney princesses, I'm sorry, we're done. <laughs> um, I, I, do you guys want to touch on anything else? on this kind of like the relationship aspect of it, anything else that is just kind of sticking in your head? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I've got most of my, (laughs) (laughs) most of the comments that I I keep inside, I think have been released for this. I definitely think we we kind of wrap that up. Had like a good little dialogue there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess to kind of, I guess to be our last big talking point, I want to know what you guys think about, you know, we've obviously talked about there has been a lot of progress in society. The, the, the concept of what a man is and what a woman is and integrating both of those into just what an adult is or what, a, a, you know, a person is. But I think it'd be good for us to kind of have a dialogue on where you think we can continue progressing. Like what are encouraging traits for men? You know, what are things that we should discourage from men? Um, just to like, for people who are, you know, like me, who sometimes, you know, I go out and I meet a guy who's just like a complete non-emotional dude. And I'm thinking, am I less than this guy because he's not as emotional as I am? What, what are things that, you know, we should encourage or discourage in that, in that regard? Well, I definitely think like going off the discouraging thing and kind of like the historical path and that, like a lot of lawsuits and that have come out now over sexual harassment in the workplace and things like that. And back in the day, like that was just something that women were just supposed to accept and just to take like, Oh, they're just being a man. And like, I'm just a piece of eye candy for them. And I think the fact now that women are feeling stronger to come up and say these things, um, I guess like one downside of that too, is like, are you taking anything that any guy's ever done to you and kind of blown out of proportion? Like, did they make a joke once or a comment once? And now you're like blowing it so out of proportion that like they're going to lose their career they're going to like have a difficult life after this so i mean i think it it's good that women are sticking up for themselves and are bringing a lot of this to the table but i think there is kind of like a fine line of where you're supposed to be and like i guess going off the discouraging that like guys should not just come up and grab my ass like that's not okay like you can't just touch me just because you want to or like you can't just 
call me a piece of meat basically because I'm kind of pretty or things like that. Like you can't just, you can't cat call just because like, because you're a man and because I'm a woman. I agree. I mean, I look at, I look at this as a pretty simple act. Like you, like, I want to say act like you want to act, but then I just realized like that opens up an entire floodgate of a lot of of potential bad things that someone could do. But obviously you have to use your conscience a little bit and, and realize that there are certain things that are obviously not okay. But in general, if you have strong emotions and you're a guy, like just be yourself. Like, I don't, I don't think it matters. I mean, you see now with the gender fluidity that, we've become more open to the fact of not certain traits have to be associated with certain gender or certain sexes. The The idea to me is you should be able to dress how you want. You should be able to act how you want. You should just, every person should be treated as an individual, like a case by case, because every person is an individual. I think there are certain boundaries, like nobody wants to be hurt. If you're going to put yourself in a situation of hurting someone or you know, if you have been hurt yourself, you should be able to speak up. Just being aware of the fact that you don't have to be a certain template of a person, but you also have to be able to recognize that you there are certain boundaries that you should not cross. Like, you should not hit someone. <laughs> There's a lot of very obvious things that are, that are out there. Right. Yeah, I mean... I think there are obvious separations between men and women. Like there are different within, I guess, our genetics or, you know, our DNA structure, you know, like men produce more testosterone where women produce more estrogen. And, you know, to, to separate those things and say like, yeah, we understand the physical aspects of the differences, but behavior is where there should be the most equality. Like, just like it's not okay, because I see this double standards, this double standard in the workplace, where you know if I were to be a touchy person, and you know just like come up to a girl and put my hand on her back, whatever, that would be cause for alarm now, because you know we are sensitive with that, and I agree, like I shouldn't be just touching people, you know that's their personal space, but I have, there are a lot of situations in my workplace where there are very touchy girls that'll just come up and be like oh, hey, Brandon, how's it going? And I'll just touch my arm. And it's not like I feel harassed or anything, but it's like, you know, if we're going to set the standard of, you know, it's not okay for a man to do that to a woman, I think if we're if we're trying to come to a place of full equality, it's not okay for anybody. You know, it's... Right. And, and I think that's another point that I think gets missed sometimes because I think a lot of times people are afraid to say, because you don't want to devalue like the women that are coming out and, and, and saying they've been sexually harassed. You you don't want to belittle the, the struggles that they're going through. But I think if you're going to have an honest dialogue, I think there needs to be an understanding that some of this stuff happens to everybody. And I think we need to work on cutting it out for everybody. And for men specifically, you know, maybe it is as a, for right now, maybe it is a time for us to be a little more cautious, be a little more safe. And uh, uh, until there's a a more, I guess, 
if you're not able to draw obvious lines for like things that you can and cannot do, like whether it's in the workplace or just out in public, like for instance, like you said, a guy shouldn't just come up and grab your ass. Like that should be an obvious line. But if a guy can't make that distinction, then he should back way, he should overcompensate and just be like, okay, I'm not going to really do anything that's even remotely close to that thing until I figure out what's appropriate and what's not. Um, and I think being open to that concept so that we can learn and progress is, is important because a lot of this stuff is case by case basis. But if we want to, as a society kind of define those, those, uh, boundaries, um, we need to be open to learning and holding ourselves accountable too. Like I, there have been a couple of times where I'm like, dang it, should I have made that joke at work to a female? Like that's just part of my personality, but could this come back to haunt me later on, even though I was just joking? And, um, and so I think being, having an open dialogue about, you know, the boundaries is, is a super important part. And I think like people should definitely like speak up when something makes them uncomfortable too. Like I, I don't think you should immediately run to HR and be like, you know what, Brandon made this joke and I'm so uncomfortable. He now needs to be fired. Like, I think you should be like, Hey Brandon, like, you know, that, that kind of offended me. Like that's, that's not something I like to hear around or things like that. So you kind of like know, know that boundary. And I know one of the, the sites that I worked in, um, there was one woman who was more sensitive to a lot of things and, and the guys just kind of knew that. Like I know at one point, um, one of my coworkers made a joke and he was like, you know what? You're blonde showing today. And I was like, you know, like, yep, it was. And she got really offended by that. And it was like, no, like I, I totally made like a dumb mistake. And yeah, like my, my blonde was showing, but if there, I feel like you should kind of like lay that out like early on, like if it's going to be a joke and like they mean it as a joke, like you should be able to take it as a joke. But if, if it's something that does offend you, like just be like, you know what? Like that's not a topic I want to ever talk about or discuss. Like that's not something that I, that I want to joke about or am okay joking about. Yeah. And I think it's important to have a mutual respect between people too. Like someone's not, you know, a, a prude or whatever, if they get offended by that, you know, I think there probably should be a dialogue about are we being too sensitive about things. But if deep down they just can't, they don't like that stuff, like just stop doing it. You know, you don't have to turn it into this argument of, well, yeah, but it's okay with with uh, Sarah over there, so it should be okay with you. Well, how about we, again, take it a case-by-case basis and say, if Sarah is okay with it, I can do this with Sarah. But if Hannah's not okay with it, I'm going to respect Hannah's perspective and back off and not, not do that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, there's things too, like, like I can't make jokes to certain people and it's like, I need to respect that as well. So that's, that is a both or a both gender thing. Like it's not just like men or, I mean, men are more likely to make the crude jokes and especially like working with a lot of operators, like they think more crudely in that, but I, I'm not going to get like overly offended and overly sensitive if they do make a joke. Cause it's like, Oh, like, haha, But it's like, yeah, and then maybe that one's not so cool. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I don't think I have anything else to say about this topic, honestly. Yeah. Me I, either. Anything pretty good. No, I, I mean, I think society's moving in the right direction. So we just got to keep trucking forward and, and making yeah. that progress. We got to be a part of that change together, guys. <laughs> we were put it. on this world to help that change. 
All right. Well, I wanted to thank Hannah for being on the show today. I asked if she yeah. wanted to give a shout out of any kind, and it didn't sound like you had much. But yeah, that's all right. I'm gonna keep my, my th- social media to me. <laughs> you want to throw anything off the cuff? Just want to wish people anything in, in general. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, always as one of your old podcasts said, like live life to the fullest. Like don't let anything kind of like bring you down. And it's like if if you do have a hurdle to get over, like try to jump over it or try to see if someone can help you get over that. And carpe yeah. diem. And carpe diem. If, if you guys have any thoughts, feel free to message me on Twitter at Stephen Russell B or on Instagram. You can send me a DM. I always appreciate a good old Instagram DM. You can also email us at emgpod at gmail.com. Brandon, do you have any, do you want to throw any of yours out there? Uh, yeah, sure. If you guys want to uh, kind of keep up with my music, um, YouTube, I've only posted one thing so far, but uh, YouTube, it's uh, Brandon Flippin' Music, uh, soundcloud.com slash Brandon Flippin' Music. I try to post there pretty regularly, and those posts are um, are just like raw recordings of me at the piano, so that, that allows me to kind of continuously put up content. I post both originals and covers. Uh, my Twitter handle is bflippinmusic. Um and honestly, I'm blanking on what my Instagram is because I use it so little. But <laughs> <laughs> you probably just search Brandon Flippin' Music on that as well. But uh, but yeah, all the, that stuff, I'm really just trying to get my music out there. So if you guys want to listen to that, uh, definitely do. Um, I want to also say definitely subscribe to Steven's YouTube channel, uh, Butch Boss. Um, it's, I'm coming down to Chicago this next week, uh, and we're going to be posting some sweet videos, um, try to pump out a bunch of podcasts. Um, so you, we want you guys to kind of keep in touch with that stuff. Subscribe to our, you know, our podcast on iTunes. Um, it's, it's on there, so you can download yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> give, give, give us, us a review star, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, don't give us a five star if it's trash, though. We want we want some legitimate ratings here. No, we only want five stars. If you do anything less than a five star, we will track you down <laughs> and give you a hug. And give, yeah. well, I, I do just want to thank you guys for letting me be on the podcast. Like I had a lot of fun today, and hopefully, I can be another guest sometime soon. Absolutely. Yeah. And any other final thoughts, anyone? Just I hope for world peace and love and harmony. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think we talked about a lot of great things, and I hope that people that are listening to this episode can maybe walk away with, you know, uh, you know, more of a, a critical thought process on you know this topic of what being a man is, how to handle that in today's society, and um, honestly, if you have any, I think a big thing a big purpose of this podcast is to have that dialogue, whether it's hard or not. So if you have differing opinions than something that we said, again, I encourage you to email us emg at or emgpod at gmail.com. You know, tell us what, what you think that maybe we said wrong or something. We don't have a chance to have that discussion if we don't hear from you. So I, I, I really want to, you know, get that point across. Absolutely. And as Brandon had said, we're going to be actually working together here in Chicago next week. So check out my YouTube channel, Butch Boss. It actually shows up. If you type in just Butch Boss as one word, it should be the first thing that shows up on your YouTube settings. I mean, it might depend on where you're located, but I've been able to re- reproduce that in, in a lot of different settings. So pretty happy about that. 
Um, thank you guys for listening. And the next episode, we're going to be talking about lessons from a younger me, which is a little series that Brandon and I had the idea for. So thank yeah. you guys for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.